European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance. Volume 41, Issue 40. Focus Issue, Dyslipidemias. By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Dyslipidemias and Cardiovascular Diseases, Beyond Cholesterol and Atherosclerotic Plaques. It is well recognised that the key initiating event in atherogenesis is the retention of low-density lipoprotein, or LDLC cholesterol, or LDLC, and other cholesterol-rich apolipoprotein B-containing lipoproteins within the arterial wall. Several recent placebo-controlled clinical studies have shown that the addition of either azitimib or antiproprotein convertase subtilism kexin type 9, or PCSK9, monoclonal antibodies to statin therapy, provides a further reduction in atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease risk, which is directly and positively correlated with the incrementally achieved absolute LDLC reduction. Thus, there is no longer an LDLC hypothesis, but established facts that increased LDLC values are causally related to atherosclerotic cardiovascular diseases, or ASCVD, and that lowering LDLC particles and other ApoB-containing lipoproteins as much as possible reduces CV events. Yet the relationship between dyslipidemias and cardiovascular diseases, or CVD, goes beyond LDLC and the atherosclerotic plaque. This focus issue on dyslipidemia contains the clinical review article entitled from traditional pharmacological towards nucleic acid-based therapies for cardiovascular diseases by Ulf Landmesser and colleagues from the Charité Universitätsmedizin Berlin in Germany. The authors note that nucleic acid-based therapeutics are currently developed at large scale for prevention and management of CVD. Nucleic acid-based therapeutics include 1. RNA-targeted therapeutics for gene silencing 2. MicroRNA modulating and epigenetic therapies, 3. Gene therapies, and 4. Genome editing approaches, e.g., CRISPR Cas based. Several large scale clinical development programs using antisense oligonucleotides, or ASO, or siRNA therapeutics for prevention and management of cardiovascular disease have been initiated. These include ASO and or siRNA molecules to lower APOA, PCSK9, APOC3, ANGPTL3 or transthyretin or TTR for prevention and treatment of patients with atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or TTR amyloidosis. Regarding microRNA modulating and epigenetic therapies, novel potential therapeutic targets are continually arising from human non-coding genome and epigenetic research, and first microRNA-based therapeutics or therapies targeting epigenetic regulatory pathways are in clinical studies. Regarding gene therapies, EMA-FDA have approved gene therapies for non-cardiac monogenic diseases, and LDL receptor gene therapy is currently being examined in patients with homozygous hypercholesterolemia. In experimental studies, gene therapy has significantly improved cardiac function in heart failure animal models. Regarding genome editing approaches technologies, such as using CRISPR-Cas, they have proven powerful in stem cells 
However, important challenges are remaining. In a clinical research manuscript entitled Application of the 2019 ESC-EAS Dyslipidemia Guidelines to Nationwide Data of Patients with a Recent Myocardial Infarction, a Simulation Study, Ali Alayari from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden and colleagues sought to estimate the proportion of patients with recent myocardial infarction, or MI, who would be eligible for additional lipid-lowering therapy according to the 2019 ESC-EAS guidelines for the management of dyslipidemias, and to stimulate the effects of expanded lipid-lowering therapy on attainment of the LDLC target, as recommended by the guidelines. Using a nationwide Swedeheart register, the authors included about 25,000 patients who had attended a follow-up visit 6 to 10 weeks after an MI event. While most patients, 90%, were receiving high-intensity statins, 83% of patients would be eligible for expanded lipid-lowering therapy as they had not attained the target of an LDLC level of less than 1.4 millimoles and a greater than or equal to 50% LDLC level reduction. When maximized use of high-intensity statins, followed by an add-on therapy with azitamib, was simulated using a Monte Carlo model, the LDLC target was reached in 20% using high-intensity statin monotherapy, and in another 28% with high-intensity statins and azitamib, while 52% would still be PCSK9 inhibitors. When use of alirocumab or evolocumab was simulated in those who were eligible for PCSK9 inhibitors, around 90% of all patients attained the LDLC target. The authors conclude that their study suggests that even with maximized use of high-intensity statins and ezetimib, around half of patients with MI would be eligible for treatment with PCSK9 inhibitors according to the 2019 ESC-EAS guidelines. Considering the current cost of PCSK9 inhibitors, the financial implications of the new guidelines may be substantial. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Christy Ballantyne and Salim Virani from the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, USA. The authors note that professional societies, guideline committees and payers must work together to help healthcare providers identify and treat high-risk patients with elevated levels of atherogenic lipoproteins balancing concerns about theoretical future costs of overutilization of additional non-statin therapy while addressing the current undertreatment of high-risk ASCVD patients who would benefit from additional non-statin therapy. Aortic valve stenosis is commonly considered a degenerative disorder with no recommended preventative intervention with only valve replacement surgery or catheter intervention as treatment options. In a clinical research article entitled Plasma Lipids and Risk of Aortic Valve Stenosis, a Mendelian Randomization Study, Milad Nazazadeh from the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom and colleagues sought to assess the causal association between exposure to lipid levels and risk of aortic stenosis. Causality of association was assessed using two-sample Mendelian randomization, or MR, framework through different statistical methods. The authors retrieved summary estimations of 157 genetic variants that have been shown to be associated with plasma lipid levels in the Global Lipids Genetics Consortium 
that include 190,000 participants, mostly European ancestry, and genetic association with aortic stenosis as the main outcome. Secondary negative control outcomes include aortic regurgitation and mitral regurgitation. The odds ratio, or OR, for developing aortic stenosis per unit increase in lipid parameter was 1.52 for low-density lipoprotein, or LDL, cholesterol, 1.03 for high-density lipoprotein, or HDL cholesterol, and 1.38 for triglycerides. There was no evidence of a causal association between any of the lipid parameters and aortic and mitral regurgitation. Nazazadeh and colleagues conclude that lifelong exposure to high LDL cholesterol increases the risk of symptomatic aortic stenosis, suggesting that LDL-lowering treatment may be effective in its prevention. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Christoph Neinaber and Shun Yuan from the Royal Brompton and Harefield Hospital NHS Foundation Trust in London, United Kingdom. The authors note that while the use of Mendelian randomization is intriguing, its fallout may help elucidate isolated elements of disease mechanism, but certainly not the entire complexity of progressive valve disease or shatter current management recommendations. Despite statin effects of reducing CV events and slowing progression of coronary atherosclerosis, significant residual CV risk remains relevant. Icosapentethyl, or IPE, a highly purified icosapentionic acid, or EPA, ethyl ester, added to a statin was shown to reduce initial CV events by 25% and total CV events by 30% in the REDUCE IT trial with the mechanisms of benefit not yet fully explained. In a fast-track clinical research article entitled Effects of Icosapentethyl on Progression of Coronary Atherosclerosis in Patients with Elevated Triglycerides on Statin Therapy, Final Results of the Evaporate Trial, Matthew Budoff from the Lundquist Institute at Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Torrance, California, USA and colleagues investigated whether IPE at 4 grams per day as an adjunct to diet and statin therapy in patients with elevated fasting triglycerides or TG levels and either cardiovascular disease or diabetes plus other CV risk factors had any effect on coronary plaque components. The Evaporate trial sought to determine whether IPE 4 grams per day would result in a greater change from baseline in plaque volume measured by serial multi-detector computed tomography, or MDCT, than placebo in statin-treated patients. A total of 80 patients were enrolled in this randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. Patients had to have coronary atherosclerosis, be on statin therapy, and have persistently elevated TG levels. The pre-specified primary endpoint was change in low attenuation plaque, or LAP volume, at 18 months between IPE and placebo groups. There was a significant reduction in the primary endpoint as IPE reduced low attenuation plaque volume by 17%, while in the placebo group's low attenuation plaque volume more than doubled at 109%. The authors conclude that Evaporate provides important mechanistic data on plaque characteristics that may have relevance to the reduced IT results and clinical use of IPE. The manuscript is accompanied by an elegant editorial by Lale Tokazoglu 
and colleagues from the Hacettepe University Faculty of Medicine in Ankara, Turkey. The authors note that newer imaging techniques like radiomic imaging will redefine the understanding of unstable plaques and provide more insight into mechanistic actions of therapies. Loss of function mutations in ANGPTL3 are associated with beneficial effects on lipid and glucose metabolism and reduced risk of coronary artery disease. In another fast track clinical research article, Bupan Orson, an N acetyl galactosamine conjugated antisense drug to ANGPTL3 mRNA, lowers triglycerides and atherogenic lipoproteins in patients with diabetes, hepatic stetosis, and hypertriglyceridemia. Daniel Gaudet from the Université de Montréal in Canada and colleagues note that Bupanorsan, AKCE-ANGPTL3-LRX, is an N-acetylgalactosamine conjugated antisense oligonucleotide targeted to the liver that selectively inhibits angiopoietin-like 3, or ANGPTL3, protein synthesis. This was a double-blind, placebo-controlled, dose-ranging phase 2 study. A total of 105 patients with fasting triglycerides greater than 150 mg per deciliter, or less than 1.7 millimoles per litre, type 2 diabetes and hepatic stetosis were treated for 6 months with 40 or 80 mg every 4 weeks, or 20 mg every week of Vupanorsan, or placebo given subcutaneously. The primary efficacy endpoint was percentage change in fasting triglycerides from baseline at 6 months. Significant reductions in triglycerides levels of 36%, 53%, 47%, 47%, and in ANGPTL3 levels of 41%, 59%, and 56% were observed in the three treatment groups respectively, compared with 16% reduction in triglycerides and 8% increase in ANGPTL3 in placebo. Treatment with Vupanorsan was not associated with clinically significant changes in platelet counts, and the most common adverse events were those at the injection site, which were generally mild. The authors conclude that Vupanorsan results in a favourable lipid lipoprotein profile and provides a potential strategy for residual cardiovascular risk reduction. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Ulf Landmesser from the Charité Universitätsmedizin Berlin in Germany and Thomas Lucia from the Royal Brompton and Harefield Hospital NHS Foundation Trust in London, United Kingdom. The authors point out that for particularly effective prevention on top of current medical therapy, the dosing of the ANG-PTL3-ASO may need to be further evaluated to reach an even profounder TRL and LDL reduction likely associated with a higher impact on clinical cardiovascular outcomes. Imbalances of iron metabolism have been linked to the development of atherosclerosis. However, subjects with hereditary hemochromatosis have a lower prevalence of cardiovascular disease. In a basic science article entitled The Hemochromatosis Gene HFE and Kupfer Cells Control LDL Cholesterol Hemostasis an impact on atherosclerosis development. Egon de Metz from the University of Innsbruck in Austria and colleagues aim to understand the underlying mechanisms by combining data from GWAS analyses in humans, CRISPR-Cas9 genome editing, and loss-of-function studies in mice.
The author's analysis of the Global Lipids Genetic Consortium, or GLGC, dataset revealed that SMPs in the hemochromatosis gene, HFE, associate with reduced low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, or LDLC, in human plasma. The LDLC-lowering effect could be phenocopied in dyslipidemic APOE knockout mice lacking HFE, which translated into reduced atherosclerosis burden. Mechanistically, they identified HFE as a negative regulator of LDL receptor expression in hepatocytes. Moreover, they uncovered liver-resident Kupfer cells, or KCs, as central players in cholesterol homeostasis as they were found to acquire and transfer LDL-derived cholesterol to hepatocytes in an ABCA1-dependent fashion, which is controlled by iron availability. Demetz et al. conclude that the results disentangle novel regulatory interactions between iron metabolism, KC biology, and cholesterol homeostasis, which are promising targets for treating dyslipidemia, but also provide a mechanistic explanation for reduced cardiovascular morbidity in subjects with hemochromatosis. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Patrick Renson from the Leiden University Medical Centre in the Netherlands. The authors note that additional in-depth studies are needed to decipher the translational values of these findings for humans. Ultimately, such studies may reveal therapeutic handles that can be exploited in future strategies to further beneficially modulate LDL metabolism. This issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a contribution entitled Life Course Explains the Obesity Paradox, Timo Strandberg from the University of Ulu in Finland and colleagues comment on the recent publication entitled Obesity and Weight Loss are Inversely Related to Mortality and Cardiovascular Outcome in Prediabetes and Type 2 Diabetes. Data from the Origin Trial by Wolfram Döner from the Charité Universitätsmedizin Berlin in Germany and colleagues. Döner and colleagues respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.